0: Hola todos! Welcome to another episode of All About the Game with Sathar. Today we have school topper, RJ, CA, lawyer, but most importantly, a gold medal winning national level swimmer, Priyanshi Chokshi, with us. She has an inspirational story and I'm sure you'll all love it. Let's go! Hi, Priyanshi!
1: Hi, Sid. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm fine. Thank you. Um, How's Bombay?
1: Bombay is great. In fact, the weather has been really good because of the rains. But um, yeah, in terms of the virus, it has been pretty bad. Mm -hmm. uh, How is the lockdown treating you?
2: Um, It's all right. It's all right. Uh, Busy with work. So, you know, I'm fine, basically. So, yeah, I
1: think the lockdown has given us a lot of time to experiment and be productive with our lives.
2: Exactly, exactly. So, all set to swim in the monsoon rains of Bombay?
1: I am very excited because I haven't seen the pool in four months now. So, I think this is the best I can get.
2: Do you have indoor pools in Bombay?
1: Yes, we do. But um, I'm, uh, most of the pools are shut actually because right. of the virus. Right, right. So right. we haven't been, most of the club pools are also shot.
2: Mm-hmm. Even the. And profession- even
1: pools. Sorry?
2: Even the professional swimmers aren't allowed, right?
1: No, no one's allowed to swim at all. I think uh, there is just one, you know, sports center in Bangalore where, uh, you know, a lot of the Olympic swimmers train. Right. So I think that is the only center that has been allowed to open just to train swimmers for Olympics 2021. Oh. Otherwise, uh, otherwise like no pools across the country, I believe are allowed to open. Hmm. I mean, especially in Bombay because Bombay is really, really bad. Right. I don't see pools opening till November, December and I don't know when I'm going to be able to swim. Hmm.
2: That actually, swimming and uh, some of these sports, are like, I mean, with the virus, it's like very tough to predict, right? Because it's just, you know, there's like direct contact, even if not direct contact, it's basically water, right? So
1: Exactly. And, you know, most of the doctors aren't really sure of how, you know, the virus behaves with water. So they're not sure whether it really dies or whether it spreads or, you know, how it is. And technically when you're swimming, you know, you consciously or unconsciously, you know, you tend to like take water in your mouth and then remove it. A lot right. of those things keep happening. Right, so right. I myself wouldn't find it safe to, you know, enter a pool right now.
2: Mm, definitely, definitely. So when we talk about swimming, when did you get started? And why did you get started with swimming?
1: So I started swimming at the age of five. And uh, I was always a water baby, you know, since I was mm-hmm. a kid. So if I look back at my baby pictures, you know, I'd see a lot of pictures in those small, uh, cute little tubs or pools. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was always a water baby. But the reason I got into swimming is a little funny. Mm My uh, mom really wanted my height to increase, which is why I really got into swimming.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah. But it helped me with everything but my height. So my height didn't really increase, but uh, yeah, it it really made me a competitive swimmer. So yeah, I started swimming at the age of five and uh, uh, I started swimming competitively almost about like 10 to 12 years ago. So, it's okay. been really, really long since I have been training competitively and professionally. And of course, right. you know, when I really started off, um, I, I had nothing in mind. You know, like I told you, I just loved the water and I just wanted my height to increase. So right. Which is why, you know, I kept swimming. And then uh, a lot of the coaches came to believe that I was more of a natural.
0: Mm-hmm. Because,
1: uh, uh, you know, I'd put in less effort into the pool as compared to others. But, you know, I'd always land up performing. Mm -hmm. Which is why um, I was really pushed into competitive swimming at one point. And uh, once I really was pushed into competitive swimming, I think there was no looking back because I just, you know, kept training and kept going further with it.
2: Right. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, so is it always that, uh, I mean, when it comes to swimming, that some people have to be, you know, some people who are more talented can, you know, do better.
1: Honestly, I wouldn't really like to agree to that, but yes, that is true mm-hmm. because um I have seen that for myself. So uh, I was always a person who was into like multiple extracurricular activities, right. and my goal was never to make a career with swimming. Or yes. like I told you before, when I joined swimming, my goal was never to like win, you know, a gold medal at the nationals or anything or on those lines right. so i would always you know go for multiple activities if if i felt that i couldn't cope up
3: right.
1: then i would just like skip a swimming workout but uh, right. you know that's not what used to happen to the other swimmers but you know i'd let i'd yet uh, land up performing the same at a competition or mm-hmm. sometimes you know even if i would take a sabbatical and then go back to the pool right. i wouldn't really lose a lot of my form Mm-hmm. So that's what really helped me. And I also saw that with another friend of mine. Right. So the two of us were like, uh, you know, the most hated swimmers at the pool. Because, you know, we'd always take sabbaticals. you know, we'd take our own breaks and get back to the pool whenever we right. wanted. But mm-hmm. we'd yet land up performing. So I do believe that talent does help because, um, you know, it helps your technique, it helps your stroke and majorly that, you won't lose your form, uh, you know, even if you go back and forth with the sport. Because
3: right.
1: it's right. a little inherent. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't really like to say that. But uh, yes, to an extent, it is true.
2: Mm-hmm. That's 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 fine. I mean, uh, it's not something that people would blame you about, right? I mean, it's it's just there, you know, so that's great.
1: Yeah, I, I just feel like, uh, you know, pe- some people are just born to do different things. For mm-hmm. example, like, you know, if you're into tennis, you know, maybe you were just born to do that, which is why you got into that spot.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Uh, you know, and not any other spot. So, yeah, somewhere there is a calling as well. And, you know, the, the talent just comes with it. Then.
0: Sure. sure, definitely.
2: And um, so from there, you started, uh, you know, getting into competitive swimming. And then tell us about your gold medal. Share some stories like your preparation and how was the experience you know winning gold medals
1: at the nationals so uh, to be very honest i'm a kind of person who needs a push mm-hmm. you know to really perform well right because like uh, like i'd say you know in hindi you call it jhatka so i really need a jhatka to really <laughs> perform well right. and uh, the first time i got selected for the nationals i performed extremely well at the state meet gave my personal best mm-hmm. and uh You know, I gave a really good timing when it came to swimming, but I completely messed up my first nationals because um, it was at Bangalore and the water was extremely cold. And also because I was overconfident, Mm -hmm. so I didn't uh, warm up enough Mm -hmm. and I just, I was really nervous, too much pressure on my head and I just froze on the block. So like I swam probably one of the worst races of my life at the nationals. I didn't even qualify in the top eight. Right. And, uh, that was, that was really the push that I needed mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I realized that I'm never going to make this mistake again because it was my first nationals and I totally ruined it. And, you know, with the timing that I was actually performing, right. I could have definitely got a medal at the nationals. Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
1: So, which is why, uh, that really gave me the push that I needed. And I decided to not take a break post my nationals because usually that's what a lot of people do. You know, they take some time to relax. But I really felt like I didn't deserve the break.
3: Sure. So I
1: continued to train that year for the second competition. So we usually have like uh, two cycles of competitions in the year. Okay. So I started training immediately for the second competition. Because I was like, I cannot afford to make this mistake again. Mm-hmm. And um, I started training harder. I did a lot of workouts, probably like 12 workouts a week. Along with a lot of dry land exercises. A really strict diet. Right. You know, like no right. social life. No getting out, sacrificing a lot of things, you know, the typical things that you see in a movie. That's what happens to every sportsman. And then um, that year itself, like the second half of that year, I qualified again for nationals. Mm. And um, I did land up performing really well. And uh, that's when I actually got a gold also. Because uh, I had like that fire in me. I was like, you know, I was really annoyed at myself that how could I underperform that badly in my previous nationals. It was something more like a challenge for myself that I have to prove myself now to me and uh, that's when I really wanted to, you know, get that gold at the nationals. Actually, I just wanted a medal, but, uh, you know, the gold just happened and, you know, a gold is better than anything else.
2: Definitely, definitely. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And uh, what were some of the challenges you had to face?
1: So while I was uh, swimming, um, like I mentioned earlier, I've been a person who's a lot into extracurricular activities. Right. And um, I've also been like a school topper. So mm-hmm. the thing is, um, and I hate losing. Mm-hmm. So I just can't accept defeat. So the point was that I wanted to be good with my extracurricular activities at school. Right. I, wanted to be, um, I wanted to be a topper. I didn't want to lose you know, the first position that I was getting at right. school. And at the same time, I wanted to swim. So, of course, managing everything was extremely tough. And there were a lot of sacrifices that I had to make. Sacrifices like, you know, every time I'd go out with friends or any time friends would come over, um, I would have to, you know, just shoo them away at 10 o'clock because that's when I would have to sleep. Follow a really strict diet that meant, um, you know, leaving the food that you love for almost like eight to nine months. And, of course, following an extremely strict schedule because it was literally like... um, Eat, sleep, swim, study, repeat. You know, that was my whole schedule. Right. And uh, it was really, really strenuous because we had workouts at 5 a.m. And then we'd go to school. And then we'd again go for the second workout in the afternoon. So, Mm -hmm. of course, like balancing everything was extremely difficult. And, you know, in the middle of all this, like after my first nationals, I got a knee injury. And I tried to, I tried really hard, you know, to push myself. And to reduce my timings in that particular stroke that I was doing. But -hmm. because of the knee injury, I was absolutely just not able to drop my timings at all. Basically, I couldn't push myself. Because every time I pushed myself a little harder, you know, my knee would uh, start crumbling. And the doctor and the physicians, they really told me that um, if I really wanted to swim, I would have to change my stroke. Because my timing just wasn't reducing in that stroke. And there was no scope there. So, uh, just before the second nationals, I had to change my stroke, you know, move to another stroke that wasn't my forty. Mm. And uh, I had to train even harder. So, that's where, you know, all the challenges began because, um, you know, the training is always different for a different stroke because sure. there are different set of body muscles that you really need to focus on.
3: Sure.
1: So, my training had to entirely change and which is why I had to put in a lot of effort myself. Mm -hmm. but uh, in the end you know now that I look at it and I look back at the whole schedule and everything that I did I just really miss it because it just made me so disciplined and made me so focused
2: right that
1: you know every time I think of it I just feel like I wish I could do it again
2: definitely definitely there's uh, not much uh, you know in other aspects of life as you know nothing can compare to you know competing against someone and winning and basically just competing in general right I mean even if You know, let's say you say you're competitive and uh, you're, you, you know, even with studies or, you know, business or anything, even if you want to come first, that feeling isn't the same as, you know, winning in sport, right?
1: definitely not and honestly I really hoped that you know I would be able to take up swimming as a career but I knew that you know somewhere that uh, I am also good at studies and I think I should focus on a profession rather than a sport because the sport may or may not have a lot of scope you know in the country but that's like this one thing that I always believed in that you know if it really doesn't challenge you or it doesn't change you then all you have to do is swim harder Right. And I'm, I'm the kind of person who, who wouldn't give up. So, like, no matter what, you know, if you really try to break me, then that's when I'd come back even stronger. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like I mentioned earlier, I just cannot accept defeat, right. especially if it's my fault.
0: Hey guys, this podcast is powered by MySport. MySport is a platform that gives athletes and their parents personalized access to the best international sports experts from all over the world for mentoring and training. These experts include sports coaches, psychologists, fitness trainers, nutritionists, and more. You will be able to connect via audio call, video call, or in person if you're in the same city. Log on to www.miesport.net to know more. Further details on the show notes.
2: Definitely, definitely. I had a question around that. So, you know, with some of these sports uh, like uh, swimming and running, um, I mean, when we used to play tennis professionally and, you know, have our fitness workouts, we used to always have, you know, group workouts so that, you know, while training, suppose we're doing sprints, we end up, you know, running faster when we are competing with someone. So, right. right. So, when it comes to swimming, do you always have to have someone with you to be able to work on improving your speed or do you have workouts where you can still improve a lot improve your improve on your timings as well without having someone next to you
1: so that's a really interesting question and i can literally answer it both ways Right. So, uh, you know, the thing is, in, when you're swimming, uh, you know, like even when you're running, mm-hmm. it's like um, you're, you're racing against time, basically. That every yeah. time you swim, you have to drop your timing. Basically, yeah. you have to give your best timing. Right. And that's ideally how it should work mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, you don't really need someone to help you uh, drop your timing. You know, right. it's like you have, we, you know, we use something called a pace clock, mm-hmm. which is a second clock. Yeah. And um, uh, we have like different interval workouts. So, every time you have to, you know, try to reduce your intervals so that you're, you're racing against time and so that you're able to better your performance. But um, for me, because I said that I'm really competitive, right. you know, it was all about who gets their hand on the wall first. <laughs> you right. know, that was just totally how it was for me. Right. So, if, if I had to swim a race alone, I probably wouldn't understand how fast or how slow I am. And, right. But if I had someone swimming with me, and if I saw that that person was, you know, going slightly ahead of me, it would give me that additional push that I needed and I would swim even faster.
3: Definitely. So uh,
1: I'll tell you something really interesting. So the first time I got selected for the nationals, um, it, during the state meet, which was at Pune Balewadi, right. my uh, really close friend from the pool, she was literally uh, standing outside and she was running with me. Mm-hmm. So basically, I was looking at her every time I would breathe and look on the side, I was yeah. looking at her. So every time I'd see her, yeah. you know, going ahead of me, I tried to, you know, race with her while yeah. I was in the pool. Yeah. So that really helped me, you know, perform a really, really good race.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but that isn't how it should work because in the end, you wouldn't always have um, a competitor. And there are a lot of times that, you know, where um, your seedings are such that you'd probably be in a time trial where... There isn't a fast swimmer at all. And it could work negatively for you because mm-hmm. if there's a swimmer who's like really slow, but you think that you're going much faster to them, mm-hmm. like, you know, it would automatically impact your speed because you would, you know, in your head, you would form that notion that, oh, you know, I am so much ahead of the second person. So right. I'm going really fast. Right. But if I compare my timings to, say, another time trial, it probably may not be as good as it should be.
3: Right. So it
1: works both ways. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you have to, as a swimmer, or basically for any person playing an individual sport like this, mm-hmm. you have to learn to, you know, beat your own timing and beat yourself.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely like, um, you know, when we compare this with tennis, it's like, you know, either playing with someone better than you, and playing with someone not as good as you, and playing with someone at the same level as you, there's obviously three different Uh, levels and um, you have to focus on yourself as well right obviously when you compete with someone who is much uh, faster than you in swimming you automatically tend to you know go faster but then that may not always be the case right you may not always have someone who is faster than you and you still have to be able to you know maintain that speed or you know go faster
1: exactly and that's exactly how it works and you know sometimes um, when people are swimming, like especially if it's a longer race, everyone has a different strategy. So sure. it may be that you know, they're going really fast initially and then they may slow down once they get a lead. And for others, it may work the other way. That they go really slow initially and they save up you know, all that energy for the last lap. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if, you, if I am competing against a swimmer, technically I'm right. not using my own strategy but I'm adapting to their own strategy, mm-hmm. which and everyone's strategy is different when it comes to the pool because everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. Right, Which is why also it may not work because, you know, in that last lap, that person may suddenly take you to surprise and you wouldn't have the energy then to right. uh, really push through in the last lap.
2: Definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, so, so in what other ways has swimming helped you?
1: Okay, so that's a lot. In fact, I think you know whatever I am today, I attribute it a lot to swimming, because um, I think swimming uh, for me it was never just a sport. You know, it was always a way of life. Right. Um, like you know, I always used to tell my friends also that you know the pool is really where I belong. I take multiple breaks sometimes. I don't feel like going back to the pool for about two to three months. Mm
0: -hmm. But after
1: that time period is over, I'm like, okay, you know, I really miss the pool and I need my swimming therapy. but um, swimming has really taught me a lot of life skills actually Mm
3: -hmm. you know
1: just to really start off with like right from the basics of it definitely helped me increase my concentration and focus because we had as sportsmen we have such disciplined lives that you know even though we're always crunched for time we know how to manage things and we know how to prioritize like you're a sportsman yourself so you would definitely be knowing that when you're playing a game and you know when you don't have much time you know that I have to devote my energy, you know, here today, and I have to devote my energy to like studies tomorrow, or you just basically know how to balance out everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that has really helped me even today because because I can multitask.
2: Sure.
1: And that wouldn't really have happened had it not been for swimming. And of course, like you know, swimming has given me um swimming is it's always been like therapy for me. You know, so it's like a. Once I enter the pool, you're just into like a different world, you know, you disappear, you forget about um, everything that's around you. So, you know, it helps me rejuvenate and get back to what I was really doing, especially if I've had like an extremely long and tiring day. And of course, it's always said that swimming is, you know, one of the best sports and etc, etc. Because you work out your like all your body, body muscles. Right. So, from a fitness point of view, definitely. But from a fitness point of view, you know, I'd see um, every single spot as that. But right. uh, like, there's one thing that swimming also really helped me with is that swimming made me better at all the other spots. Mm. And it really made me like like a complete sportswoman. I used to always complain, you know, about the tan lines and about, you know, my hair getting really spoiled because of the chlorine. Right. But, you know, now that I think of it, none of that mattered because people look at me as like a sportswoman. because of my swimming career and I think that's what um, it's really given me like I used to be the worst athlete in my school you Mm -hmm. know my mom used to be ashamed to take me for Mm -hmm. running races because that always come last (laughs) always and you know I because of swimming continuous swimming and continuous dryland workouts and everything I landed up you know winning the best athlete trophy in, in school. Um, It made me really good at athletics, which was like a big leap for me because me and athletics were like the North and South Pole. Mm. And uh, I started playing badminton and I became a district level badminton player. I started playing squash. So basically, um, you know, all in all, it really helped me when it came to other sports. And it just really made me like a better person. You know, like uh, I was in the sports council in my college and there was a quote, you know, behind our jerseys that always read, sports does not build character, it reveals it. Sure. And I think that's what swimming did for me.
2: Wonderful. That's that's, uh, wonderful to hear. And uh, yeah, basically you found your true calling. So well done
1: oh yes i did in fact but i'm not really sure whether i've taken it forward
2: sure. because
1: i don't really swim uh, as much as i used to earlier
2: that's fine i mean um, whatever to whatever level you've reached a pretty high level when it comes to mm-hmm. india and uh, that's that's that in itself is great and uh, when we talk about india talk to us about the swimming scene in india how is it going
1: So, um, as I see it, especially, you know, from the time I started training competitively to now, Mm -hmm. I definitely feel that there have been, uh, you know, some advancements with respect to swimming and there have been, like, changes with respect to infrastructure, the coaches and, you know, the training techniques and much more. But uh, I feel like in India, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done, especially when it comes to swimming. Mm -hmm. And that would be in terms of, firstly, in terms of, like, encouraging the sport itself. Because right. I feel like, uh, you know, you and me both know that, you know, somewhere in India, there's like cricket, which is extremely, extremely popular. And then every second person, you know, wants to play cricket.
3: Definitely.
1: But uh, at, on the other hand, um, a lot of people are not encouraged to get into other sports. Like there are a lot of leagues coming up, you know, like the football league, the mm-hmm. Prokabadi league and right. Kelo India, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, all that has just started happening now. Right. And it's just that we were never given the right encouragement. Like um, at a point, I was also always told because I'm a CA myself, Mm -hmm. at one point, you know, I was always told that, you know, if you're studying CA and if you're studying law, then uh, just leave swimming. There's no scope when it comes to swimming. And I was just like, you know, I'm not doing the sport because I want a scope there. I'm just doing it because I really like it. And that's where I belong. But see, that's the kind of attitude that people have when it comes to other sports like this. And they are right to an extent because if you really want to make a career in swimming, um, I don't think Indian swimmers land up performing as well at the Olympics. And Hmm. I also think that, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot because of the infrastructure facilities that I will be coming to next. But uh, I also feel like, you know, most of the good swimmers, they have like a good life, a good swimming life. They land up doing really well initially. And then all you really land up becoming is like a coach, which is not a very well-paid job, you know, when it comes to India. Mm-hmm. wouldn't like to say this, but it is true. Right. So there's, there is really less scope when it comes to swimming. And again, you know, swimmers don't really perform well internationally. Because mm-hmm. I feel, uh, you know, it's because of the infrastructure facilities. Like being a swimmer myself, I've been to like multiple pools all across the country. Right. And I've seen, you know, the quality of the pools, the quality of the technology that is there at the pools. Right. The training facilities, nothing is adequate. That if you really want to improve on your game and you really want to improve on your swimming technique, you have to go abroad for two to three months, train there and then come back.
3: Right. And not
1: everyone has, you know, that that amount of investment to do that.
3: True.
1: So it's a lot. It's like the changing rooms, the pools, the water, everything is in a really, really bad state. And mm-hmm. it's just that... It's not improved over the years because there's absolutely no one to really look after it or to fund it. As swimmers, we do everything from our own pockets, you know, right from going to the pools, staying in in hotels, every single thing. So then, you know, where is the motivation for a player to actually pursue that spot?
0: Definitely. Definitely.
1: But there's one thing that I would like to add is that... um, Right now, like I mentioned about, you know, the, uh, the swimming centers in Bangalore, etc. Right. A lot of the swimmers have started shifting to Bangalore because yeah. of the center there. Mm-hmm. So that is supposed to have a lot of uh, equipment and, you know, the right coaches as per international standards. Right. But again, that is just in Bangalore. So now mm-hmm. if you really want to train competitively and, you know, reach an international level and even win a medal there, you have to shift to Bangalore. Right. So, uh, you know, that's how it is. It's good that, you know, such centers are coming up. Mm -hmm. But I think there is yet a lot more that that needs to be done, you know, on a pan-India level. Definitely. So, that more people are encouraged to take up the sport.
3: Definitely.
1: Especially a lot of girls because um, I have seen it myself that as soon as, you know, girls start going to college, they start dropping swimming because they feel that it's not an appropriate sport for them. Or, you know, that what will they do by swimming further? And, you know, they wouldn't like to enter the pool anymore.
3: Sure.
1: Uh, Is what I've really seen. So Mm
2: -hmm. I think
1: there's a lot that needs to be done from an encouragement and an infrastructure point of view.
2: Yep, I totally agree. And um, Yeah, I mean, um, it is tough. I mean, apart from one or two centers that we've heard of, we don't really know many of the swimming centers around. uh, Even in my city, even in Pune, I mean, we hardly know any... That's actually, you know, doing well or anything of that sort. So, I mean, I've lived here for nine years and I don't know a single good swimming center. So, that's... Yes,
1: that's precisely what I'm saying. And, you know, our... uh, Like, I hate to say this, but I think I fell for that mindset too. Because, um, you know, we're always made to believe that in India, especially, that um, conventional jobs like... um, like, you know, a CA or a doctor or a lawyer are those that are really going to bring you the money and certainty, you know, that you need right. in life. But we're never told, you know, to encourage a sport. It's like if you're playing um, a sport and, you know, if I ask someone that, you know, if I ask a sportsman, what do you do? And he says he's playing a sport. You know, there's always a follow-up question. that no, I know you're playing a sport, but what do you do? Right. You know, and why does that? why does that second question have to really come into the picture? Because if you're playing a sport, that's equally important to career. Mm. And, you know, if you go abroad, like if you go to Australia or or to the US, then like sportsmen are, you know, respected like anything. So, you know, there's a lot of like stereotype attached to, you know, the conventional versus the unconventional, you know, work routines here, which is also something that um, really needs to, uh, you know, really be encouraged.
2: Definitely. And, uh, you know, even uh, the other, uh, you know, other parts of sport where basically, um, you know, coaches. So when, when you tell, you know, when you ask someone what they do and they say they're a coach and then people just assume it's like part time because, you know, even the coaches usually unless you're really at the top, you don't get paid really well
1: yes that's true in fact even if you're at the top it's like um you wouldn't get paid as much as you know a cricket coach or
3: right.
1: probably like a like a football coach would get right. paid because mm-hmm. that's just how the mindset is you know yeah. in the country and I feel like I felt for it myself because um you know I always felt if I had to choose between like studies and sports mm-hmm. I would choose studies because um an indian i feel that is my, and uh you know i just do swimming as and yeah. when i get the time to do it
0: right. definitely
2: definitely and uh but you had um i guess when we were talking you mentioned that you'd gone for the Kalo india um games
1: yes
3: how was so, that experience
1: uh, so basically i i hadn't gone for the games because uh I had my exams at that time, like my CA final exam. Right. So, but we would, like my, uh, you know, the swimmers that I used to swim with, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't end up going for it and I had to back off because it was clashing with my exams. So yeah. again, I had to make sports a second choice like I was telling you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But, uh, you know, so basically we went for the national tournament and mm-hmm. because uh, we won, all the, all the teams that won were actually picked for the Kalo India Games. Right. And uh, I think that's a great initiative because Finally, you know, I see that at the Kalo India Games, they're encouraging every single spot equally. Right. Um, uh, it was, from what I hear, you know, from my co-swimmers, it was a great experience because they landed up performing really well at the Kelo India Games. They were really given a lot of encouragement and a lot of opportunities. You know, basically a lot of incentive to continue to pursue swimming. Right. Which is what was really, really needed in this direction. Mm. And it wasn't something that every swimmer had to, apply for moto or really qualify for Because every win- winner at the national meet was given an opportunity, you know, to go for the Kelo India Games.
2: Wonderful. So
1: that was a, a really good step, you know, in this direction.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I also heard they're giving a lot of uh, monthly allowance to the national swimmer, national sportsmen as well, right? I mean, I, I saw a document recently, I'm not sure.
1: Uh, okay, I wouldn't like to deny it uh, here on this conversation, but uh, I don't think the monthly allowance is enough for a swimmer because there's uh, a lot that you have to invest in, especially like your racer costumes itself cost you about 12000 you know, 10000 to 12000 and right. you wouldn't get anything that's less than that, you know, like your racer costumes, the one that you really need to swim the race. Right. So, uh, you know, the monthly allowance is good enough if you're really staying in a hostel. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, you know, if, if you're really playing a sport, you, there are a lot of other things that go into it. For example, like a good meal before the race, a good night's sleep before the race. And uh, if you've heard of a lot of stories with respect to hostels, you know, you'd hear that um, the food isn't, uh, you know, good. It, It can make you sick. And uh, the staying facilities aren't really good because you have like about 20 people sharing one bathroom and um, okay. a lot of things on those lines. So, you you wouldn't really want to do that before the race. So, you know, every swimmer would just feel like I'd rather invest on my own because I have invested so much time rather than just stay at, you know, one of these hostels that uh, the authorities are providing and probably land up, you know, ruining my race.
2: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've had really similar experiences but i will not mention this on the podcast probably you know later time um
1: just
2: to be on the safer side you know
1: (laughs) yeah exactly because i mean i do agree that you know there is a lot that is being done you know towards moving in the right direction but uh and it's better late than never but um there are things that are to be worked on and i just feel like um, you know, coming from, uh, you know, two sportsmen who play a sport other than, you know, the, the mainstream ones. Um, I think, I really think that it's our duty to the sport to, you know, help encourage it in the country. Like I met with um, Michael Klim, who is an Australian Olympic gold medalist. And he had come down to India for an event. Right. And I had a really good conversation with him where, um, you know, he, all, he always mentioned that he wanted to do something to promote swimming in India. So, like an Australian swimmer taking initiative to promote swimming in India. And um, I really, you know, promised him that I would collaborate with him on this because I'm a swimmer myself and really help him achieve what he wants to. Wonderful. So, uh, you know, there is uh, a good amount of effort here. And I was just really shocked to, you know, see an Australian swimmer actually come to India and take this initiative himself.
2: Right. That's, That's great. I mean... We have we do have a few positive things going around in sports, so that's good. And yes,
1: and we should we should totally like you know capitalize on the positives because that's how we can grow.
2: Right, that's true. And uh, how about uh, swimming events? Like, are there a lot of local swimming events that go on around uh, you know the cities, or is it just you know just the states and the nationals?
1: I do not think there are many local events that happen in the city because um, for the local events to happen, uh, you need like a good amount of swimmers. And um, like I mentioned earlier, um, not many people really like to take it up. So a lot of people don't really um, swim, especially after reaching like a particular age, which is why these local events don't really happen. Of course, there are like inter-club meets, Mm -hmm. but they are like fun events, Um, you know, more like, uh, you know, just the time to like meet, co swimmers and relax. Right, but, um, the major competitions, like I said, happen in two cycles so one that happens in May and the second one that happens in October. So, those right. are like the two swimming cycles, and those are the major events that every swimmer prepares for if that swimmer ever wants to train competitively.
2: Sure, sure. So, um, as a swimmer, what do you think are the possible career opportunities for a swimmer?
1: Okay, so that's a difficult question. But um, first, definitely, um, you can become a coach and a really good coach because mm-hmm. that is one of you know, the biggest ways of giving back to the sport that has made you what you are and yeah. you know, that you're really passionate about. And also, secondly, you can really become an international swimmer and just kick it off. Like, you become a really good swimmer, you reach the Commonwealth Games, you reach the Olympics, you enter the qualifiers, and you actually land up doing well for the country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, show the world that, yes, India has really good swimmers and can do really well when it comes to swimming.
3: Right.
1: So, being an international swimmer is definitely one. And uh, also, I feel like, um, you know, as uh, swimmers, because you're a sportsman, there's a lot in common between various sports. And I would also look at it from a different perspective, whereas where uh, you know you can always get into sports journalism, or you can get into like the sp- sports presentation or sports media, and that is exactly what uh, I also want to get into eventually in the future, because I just like talking so much about sports in general because of my love for like swimming. Right. That has just made me a sports enthusiast, and it's like you put uh, your heart and all your passion into that work. Which is why it always comes out really well. So okay. it would be really different to you know have uh, like a non-sportsman cover uh, you know sporting events mm-hmm. or you know techniques of the sport right. vis-a-vis uh, to have a sportsman do that. And of course, because you know uh, you know the techniques, because you know uh, the tricks of the game, you know just like you have been doing it, you can create so many uh, platforms where you can you know try to connect. Uh, different swimmers across the country try to connect swimmers to coaches, like an aggregator platform that you have been working on. Yeah. So there is there's a lot of innovative, um, you know, ideas that you can really come into. For example, you can also collaborate with different schools and different colleges, and uh, you know, actually go and encourage people out there to take up swimming, and you know, take it on you to really train them for uh, you know every big event that's coming into picture. Or you can be like a sports director. So. Yeah. I think there are a lot of opportunities if you look at it and a lot of creative and innovative ones now that you see it because right. everything is moving online because of this whole pandemic.
3: Yeah.
1: So I think that even if you do believe that you want to pursue that conventional job for the sake of certainty, mm-hmm. then you can always, you know, devote like the second half of your day or you know, the second half of your time to right. uh, to the spot that you really like, which is exactly what I have been trying to do as well.
2: Definitely. That's that's great. I mean, uh, thanks for putting in, you know, telling the listeners about so many different uh, options that they have, you know, when they take up a sport and swimming as well. So, talking oh, about... Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah.
1: And I think I'm sure there must be much more that I haven't even explored yet.
2: Yeah, definitely. And uh, talking about options, how do you manage so many things? <laughs> okay, uh, so
1: professional swimmer wow so um yeah i um i am like a cna lawyer and uh i also really like talking which may have come off today on this conversation mm-hmm. right. which is why uh, i was working as a uh, you know a radio jockey at radiometry mm-hmm. and uh, i pursue like public speaking professionally
3: great
1: so um yeah so the thing is uh you know like i told you swimming has really changed a lot of things for me and the biggest thing that it taught me was to multitask really? and uh, you know i just read somewhere that uh, you know everyone in life can have more than one true calling so mm-hmm. you don't really need to have just one and that sort of really hit me hard because um you know while i was studying ca i always thought of you know taking a break from swimming because i really needed to focus on my studies but mm-hmm. then I realized that uh, I didn't really need that and I could manage both and do well at both.
3: Right. So,
1: uh, which is why I think, uh, you know, it's really uh, important to have, you know, the right time management skills because you really need to balance it out and you have to know where to prioritize and what to prioritize. But at the same time, I think uh, the key is to, of course, work hard and to be extremely passionate about what you're doing. Because if you're passionate, even if you have to go get about it, you'd really want to get into the pool, even if it means getting into the pool at 9 p.m. at night. Right. So um, if you're, like I mentioned earlier, if you're really um, an enthusiast, a sports enthusiast, and you have that passion and that fire within you that you really want to pursue both and do really well at both, you can be a successful consultant, just like I am pursuing consultancy. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you can really pursue a sport and be happy with both. And honestly, have no regrets in life. Like, if you're really, you should, I've always been like a staunch believer of, you know, do what you're really passionate about. Because uh, to be very honest, once I got into CA, I realized that I do like it, but that's not what I'm extremely passionate about because I wouldn't put my 100% into it. And which is why I realized that I'm a total sports enthusiast and I love speaking in general. Mm -hmm. So I decided to combine the two and I really want to get into sports presentation now. Right. so you know as you go further and as you you know just continue to pursue your passion and really work hard and mm-hmm. do what you really believe in mm-hmm. you'll realize that you'll realize what your true calling is and then it wouldn't just be like another job or a routine for you because it would be something that really makes you happy
3: Definitely. you know
1: in fact I have uh, something really interesting here which uh, I have always read and have always spoken about you know, which is uh, which comes from like one of my favorite swimmers, which is Michael Phelps. You know, I'm sure like most of the people know him. Right. So it's just that, uh, you know, life is like swimming. Sometimes you hit the wall and sometimes you make the right turn. So, right. you know, if you really continue to uh, do what you really believe in, I'm sure you'd make the right turn and, you know, just continue the race.
2: Wonderful. That's, that's so true. And uh, Michael Phelps, the legend, I mean... Yeah, he, he's swimming
1: god. He's he's really swimming god, honestly. I feel like um and especially if you hear his story, it is so inspiring that um I just feel like uh, you know, it's it's amazing to be a sportsman. Like sometimes I feel proud, you know, and I'm sure you yeah. must be too because you yeah. come from there as well. Like yeah. more than anything, I'm just proud to be like a national swimmer yeah. or a national player just like right. you.
2: Right. Definitely, definitely. And uh, so, for the others who want to become a national swimmer, how do they get started and why should they get started? Talk to us about the benefits of swimming in general and how they can get started.
1: Okay, so firstly, if you want to be a national swimmer, uh, it can't be like a 50-50 where you feel like, okay, I may want to be it. And, uh, you know, I may not want to be it. So if it doesn't work out, I will just quit. That's not what it should be. Firstly, you have to set your mind to it and, you know, decide that, yes, my aim is to, you know, be a national swimmer or my aim is to swim internationally. And I have to work till I reach that aim because it's never easy initially. You will have breakdowns. You will have multiple injuries. You know, you will have times where you totally just want to give it up. And uh, that's when you have to realize that that's when you have to really swim harder.
3: Right.
1: So, firstly, you definitely have to set your mind to it and, you know, aim it, aim for it. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's the only way you'd be able to work passionately towards that goal.
3: Yeah.
1: And, of course, then you have everything else that comes into picture, which is hard work and sacrifices. Right. So, you have to be ready to uh, devote, you know, your whole life or as much time as you're dedicating into the sport. Just do it and to achieve your goal. And that could involve like sacrificing a lot of things that you really like, putting in a lot of hard work, you know, having breakdowns, like I said, and, uh, you know, changing your routine entirely and probably, you know, just deciding to give it up. Mm -hmm. But uh, you have to strive towards it. And it means extreme dedication and hard work. Like if someone tells you that get into the pool at like, you know, 4am or get into the pool at 9pm, you know, you should be ready to do both because uh, that's how it should work if you really, really want to do well when it comes to the sport. And I think that's just not for swimming, you know, nationally. I think that's for any sport Mm -hmm. that uh, you just have to pursue it uh, and, you know, put like 200% hard work. In fact, they always say that, you know a spot is like 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. Right. So uh, you draw inspiration from the right people, uh, you know, like the people that you idolize. And then you put in like 99% perspiration or hard work. And you know that you will get there someday. And when you get there, it's going to definitely be worth it.
3: Right.
1: So that's how um, I would, you know, look at my entire swimming journey. Right. And uh, coming from the benefits of swimming at the national level, especially, like swimming has a, as a sport has, you know, a lot of its own benefits that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. But uh, swimming at the national level is different because, uh, you know, just think of yourself as a national swimmer and just think of yourself, you know, going and telling people that, hey, you know, I won a medal at, you know, the nationals and I'm probably, you know, the fastest swimmer in the country right. when it comes to the all-India meets.
0: Right. So it's,
1: uh, it's like a whole uh, new level of respect that you get. And yeah. you just know that, you know, all the effort that you put into, you know, be it like two years or 10 years, you yeah. just know that it was worth it because of the amount of respect that you get and yeah. because of the satisfaction that you get that you pursued something that you really liked and you did manage to achieve your yeah. goals.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, that's how it is. And it makes you a holistic person. It teaches you a lot because uh, you fail, you succeed, you know, sometimes you're at the top and you're like the fastest swimmer and sometimes you know you have to face a situation where you know that the younger swimmers are catching up to you and yeah. are you know probably even getting better than you so you're no longer number one yeah so it just um, teaches you a lot of life skills and makes you a holistic person in general you know to face any challenges in life
0: definitely definitely and uh, yeah so
2: listeners parents who are listening in do please do consider putting your child you know into swimming or any any sport in general and uh, you'll definitely have a lot of benefits to it and um, yeah so Priyanshi thank you yeah. so much for such an inspirational story for sharing your experiences and just guiding everyone through this process and um, it was an honor to have you here
1: Thank you so much, Sid, for uh, really having me on this conversation because uh, I really wanted to talk about a spot that I love so much. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed having this whole conversation. And, you know, there's just one thing that I want to really uh, leave, you know, everyone who's listening to this conversation mm-hmm. with is that, you know, you can't really put a limit on anything in life, and especially right. when it comes to a spot. Because, you know, the more you dream, the farther you'll really get. And yeah. that's when it becomes like a whole addiction where, you know, you just want more and more of it till you're really satisfied until you have achieved your ultimate goal. So um, I've always believed in like dreaming big and always trying to make it big, you know, in life mm-hmm. and whatever everyone wants to post you, you know, whether it be a spot or anything else, mm-hmm. I definitely think that you should just take it up, follow your passion and, you know, just really make it big.
0: Definitely, definitely. Thank you for that.
2: And uh, for the listeners who want to have more of you and uh, learn more from you, how do they get in touch with you? Please share, uh, share with us your social media handles. If you have an email, Send, share that across as well.
1: Sure. Okay. So uh, my email ID is priyanshichokshi at the dot com. So, it's uh, P-R-I-Y-A-N-S-H-I-C-H-O-K-S-H-I at the rate gmail.com. My Instagram handle, where I'm extremely active, is pre underscore 97. So, it's P-R-E-E underscore 97. And my Facebook ID is Priyanshi Chokshi and the same with my LinkedIn. It's Priyanshi Chokshi. So, you can connect with me on um, any of the four platforms.
2: Wonderful. And we'll also have it written in the show notes. So, anyone... You don't have to note this down. You can just find it on the show notes and directly get access to it there. And uh, yeah, Priyanshi, thank you so much and hope to see you soon. Please come down to Pune sometime.
1: Oh, yes, definitely. I'm really looking forward to catch up with you and have all these conversations in person where we, you know, talk all about sports and uh, about how enthusiastic we are about everything.
2: Definitely, definitely. Take care.
1: You too. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you too. See you.
3: Bye.